Parks Magic for One is a podcast for all solo Walt Disney World travelers. We'll chat about my trips to the parks, discuss important considerations as a solo traveler, and share resources and tips for your next visit. Make sure you follow Parks Magic for One on your preferred podcast service and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eric Hall WDW. Finally, check us out at parksmagicforone.life for links to podcast episodes as well as other exclusive resources to help plan your next trip to the most magical place on earth. Welcome to Parks Magic for One, episode 41. Today's podcast is post five of the Solo Trip Real-Time Planning Series. Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at EricHallWDW and visit ParksMagicForOne.life for episode listings and other great content. Of course, all opinions expressed are my own and Parks Magic for One is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by the Walt Disney Company. Good evening, everybody. This is Eric and welcome back to Parks Magic for One. I'm glad you're with me today, and this is the final episode of our real-time planning series where um, I am essentially talking through planning my next Disney World trip. Uh, For those of you out here who maybe had a trip uh, planned for this spring and uh, those plans were altered um, because you can't get to the parks or they're not open or both, um, this is for you. Uh, I was in that boat. I had a trip scheduled actually for... Uh, well, I would have been um, arriving home today, actually, as I'm recording this. Uh, and uh, and so I was uh, in a position about two weeks ago or so to go ahead and reschedule. Um, I rescheduled for um, late next fall and uh, have kind of been going through the thought process that I used to um, to rebook the trip, think a little bit about uh, when I wanted to go down, um, kind of how long I wanted to stay, where I wanted to stay, what kind of trip I wanted um, I wanted it to be, and of course knowing that everything is very much up in the air and that um, even though it looks like we may have a park reopening here in the next month or two, uh, that uh, is all very up in the air for um, any time in the future. So um, I went ahead and made the plans, uh, and we'll we'll kind of see what what happens. Um, the first four episodes of this series were really um, all about the process that I use when I I book any um, solo trip to Disney World. Uh, looking at kind of those those big three pieces that I just mentioned: when do you want to go? Where do you want to stay? What kind of trip do you want to have? Uh, I've done a couple episodes on on that idea um, and how you kind of bring those three pieces together to to get a a trip that you're you're really um, um, uh, excited about Uh, and uh, and then we talked a little bit about the process that i use so as far as some of the resources that i go to uh, to help me pick times of year um, uh, the process i use uh, in a google spreadsheet to put my days together and kind of think about what the the flow is going to look like um, that was the last, the previous episode. And then, um, this one today, we're, we're going to kind of talk about, you know, once you sort of get that package put together, you have a pretty good idea of, of when you're going, where you're staying, what you want that trip to look like. Uh, then what's the maintenance process for the trip? Um, I've got just over six months at this point, which is a really long time. I usually have Disney trips planned sooner than that. Um, so, 
you know, thinking about between now and, and the time that I leave, uh, what, what kind of maintenance do I need to do to my plans and what kinds of things do I need to keep in mind, uh, as, as the days slowly, slowly tick by, uh, and my, my countdown, um, continues. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'll give you again, some of the resources that I've mentioned in the past that I use to do that. Uh, and then just, um, you know, kind of a brief overview of sort of what I'm thinking, um, for the next, um, for the next foreseeable future here, as far as my trip goes. So, uh, that's, uh, that's kind of the plan. Uh, before we get into it, I certainly hope all of you are, are doing well, uh, that you're staying healthy, that you have um, been able to, um, uh, you know, relax a little bit, whether it's through this podcast or uh, others or, um, you know, whatever, wherever your happy place is, maybe it's Disney World, maybe it's other stuff, maybe it's um, that you've gotten to spend more time with family over the past couple months than you maybe would have. Um, maybe it's that you uh, were able to, um, you know, spend your time that you maybe had at home uh, that you wouldn't have otherwise doing some things that you wanted to do, whatever those things might be. So hopefully something has uh, good has come out of this. And of course, um, you know, if, if something hasn't, um, hasn't gone quite the way you wanted it to, or, um, you've in a bad situation, then, you know, we kind of think about these podcasts and, and, um, you know, Disney is our happy place to kind of take us away from all that for a while. So, uh, certainly not to minimize any situations or, um, you know, anything that's going on right now, but we all kind of need that, that outlet to, um, um, to keep us going and to, um, to keep us happy. And so, um, that's, that's what we're going to do. So, so we're going to talk about planning your next Disney trip, whenever that might be. All right. So we'll start with some of the, some of the basic stuff. I think that people, um, you know, I, I think for the most part, we, we probably know going into planning a Disney vacation, um, as long as you're planning it far enough in advance, uh, there are some some big dates to keep on the calendars, right? Really, really just two big ones. Um, at 180 days out from your trip, uh, you are able to book dining reservations for the entire length of your trip. So uh, if your trip starts on November 1st, then 180 days prior to November 1st, you're able to book um, all of your advanced dining reservations for your entire trip um, past November 1st. Um, with 60 days out, as long as you have a resort reservation, you are able to book your fast passes for, uh, the entire length of your, uh, of your trip as well. Uh, if you're staying off property and you um, are not at a Disney resort, then you have 30 days prior to, uh, the date of your trip to book your fast passes, um, and, uh, and get those going for, for the length of your, uh, your ticket. So uh, I'm coming up on the 180-day mark, actually, here in the next few weeks, and uh, I'm starting to think a little bit about dining. Um, I have my spreadsheet put together. Um, for those of you who uh, were listening last time, or if you're going to go back and listen to it, you'll know what that spreadsheet is. Um, I have my spreadsheet kind of loosely put together. Um, this time, I'm planning to stay a little bit longer than I usually do. I generally do about four nights, kind of a long weekend sort of thing. This time, I'm planning to stay an entire week. And, um, and so that is a little different way of looking at, um, looking at planning things. Um, you know, I generally have about three full days in the parks when I go down, uh, and, and then a, a partial day on the beginning and maybe one on the end, uh, you know, just kind of depending on, on travel and uh, flights and that sort of thing. 
So this one is is different because uh, I do have so much time. Um, I, I typically book um, at least one advanced dining reservation uh, each day when I'm there just because I like to have at least one meal that I, I'm confident in, you know, that, that I'm going to have um, someplace. Uh, I'm, I'm good with, uh, you know, just sort of wherever for the other ones, you know, stop by a quick service or pick something up at the, uh, at the resort, you know, for breakfast or whatever. Um, I'm good with all that, uh, kind of on the fly stuff, but I do like to have one meal a day that I've, I've thought about, you know, and I kind of have my go-tos, uh, there are certainly, you know, a handful uh, of restaurants that I, I like to, um, to go to, if not every time, at least every other time. So those will probably be the ones that I, um, that I book. Uh, if you're curious about which ones those are, <laughs> I won't make you go back and listen to other podcasts, um, just for, for your information and nothing more. Um, those go-to restaurants for me are typically California Grill, which is the one that's up at the top of the Contemporary Resort. Um, usually be our guest for breakfast uh, on my first day. I like starting my first full day at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, be our guest breakfast usually gets you into the, the park a little bit early, uh, as long as you um, are, are skilled at making your reservation. Um, I also like uh, Cantina, uh, or no, sorry, um, the San Angel Inn in um, uh, Mexico in Epcot. And so I usually uh, make a reservation for that. And, um, and then there's kind of a mix of, of some other ones, uh, sci-fi dine-in theater. Um, I, I, about every other trip, um, I try to hit, uh, I, I had an ADR this last time, actually, I went down by myself and, um, for sci-fi and I ended up not using it. I'm not exactly sure why, if I just wasn't in the right place at the right time or whatever, but, um, I think I ended up canceling it. Um, but I do like, I do like eating there. Um, I, I typically also go to Kona Cafe at the Polynesian at some point, usually for breakfast too. Um, that one's a little bit trickier because it's um, more difficult to get to. Uh, I do a lot of ride shares, uh, Uber lifts while I'm there. And so it's not a huge deal to get from resort to resort, but um, it's a little bit of a pain. Uh, but usually Kona Cafe... Um, yeah, those are probably my four or five big ones, I guess, um, that I that I, I, I typically do. Uh, there are some quick services that I always try to um, try to hit when I'm there. Flame Tree Barbecue is one of those. Um, Katsura Grill at the Japan Pavilion in Epcot is usually one that I hit. Um, let's see. Um, I, I'll usually go to Cosmic Rays in the in the Magic Kingdom just because it's decent decent quick service food um but for no other reason really um yeah so those are kind of the ones so anyway that was aside so uh I, I those are the ones that at 180 days i'll probably go ahead um, and make a reservation for um, before that here in the next couple of weeks i will plug into my spreadsheet where i think i want those meals to go so i i have in my spreadsheet already um just a real real quick recap of the spreadsheet each column is a day um, and then the rows are times by every half hour of the day um, I don't typically uh, schedule myself down to the half hour um, I'm I, I, in fact most of the time I'll print my schedule out before I go and then maybe I look at it maybe I don't <laughs> but uh, fast passes and advanced dining reservations are really the two things that I that I try to stick to um, and so, uh, so I'll go ahead and I'll plug those in. I'll, I'll kind of look at, you know, I'll look at 
crowd calendars, but this time around, a crowd calendar is really meaningless. Um, I've talked about them before. I like using the one at touringplans.com. There are some other ones at other places, but um, I, this th- nobody knows what crowds are going to be like this fall uh, in this winter. And so um, I don't think crowd calendars really mean a whole heck of a lot at this point. Um, so I'll kind of look at my days, you know, where I want to spend um, time. I usually divide my days. I'll spend the morning at one of the parks, kind of head back to a resort or Disney Springs or something um, in the afternoon and then head out to another park in the evening. And so I'll kind of try to try to decide where I want to start my days. And then from there, ending my days is a little bit trickier just because, you know, you start out and then you're like, oh, this is going to be my plan. Then you get halfway through, you're like, oh, I really want to do this or I really want to go here. Um, I don't really feel like doing whatever. So uh, it kind of gets up in the air in the afternoon and evening, but um, I will go through and I'll I'll do um, those five or six advanced dining reservations at the 180 day mark. Uh, plug those into my um, spreadsheet for whatever times I actually end up getting, and then um, and then I've kind of locked those in. Uh, I am all about changing reservations, so. Uh, if I get, you know, down to four months or three months or whatever, and I'm like, eh, nope, not going to do that this time, uh, I'll just go ahead and change it. Not a big deal. Uh, I do not, however, condone just making a ton of reservations to keep your name on it so that other people can't take those spots. Um, try to be a little bit, uh, you know, judicious in, in how you do that so you're not just kind of hoarding um, dining reservation spots. Um but yeah, that's kind of the plan for dining reservations. And so then um, some of the, you know, some of the keeping up on things, which is what this podcast is called, that goes into that, you know, I will, um, I'll spend a little bit of time doing some research on the restaurants. Um, the ones that I mentioned, my go-tos, I kind of, things, things pretty much stay the same. You know, the menu might change a little bit. Um, California Grill, the menu changes fairly frequently, but things Hmm. it changes but it kind of stays the same too um and so you know i'll go in and i'll make sure that i look at um look at updated menus online um you know to to just make sure that you know they haven't changed things too much uh that i still you know that it's still some place that i want to um that i want to go and in all honesty a lot of the places that i make advanced dining reservations it's not necessarily for the food um i mean it is it is but um, a lot of those places that I named off, it's because of the atmosphere. It's because I like, you know, I like, I like California Grill is amazing, right? You're on the 15th floor of the Contemporary Resort. You get to go out and watch the fireworks out on the, uh, on the observation deck, at least you used to. Um, you know, so there are lots of really cool things about that. Um, same thing for the restaurant in the Mexico Pavilion. Amazing atmosphere. Um, really, really good food too. I've never had a bad experience. Um, service is sometimes iffy, but, um, the last couple of times I've gone, I've been really happy with it. So a lot of those places that I'll make reservations, um, are more because of the atmosphere and the ambiance than, uh, than the food itself. But I will go in, I'll check menus, make sure that they still kind of look the way that, that I am expecting them to. Um, I will, um, also do some uh, some checking on just new stuff in general, um, sort of outside of the whole dining world. 
um, you know, there's always new stuff happening, right? And especially now, we don't we don't know what this these new park openings or park openings are going to look like uh, this summer and next fall. And so, really keeping an eye on um, attractions that are available, attractions that might not be available. Um, all that kind of stuff kind of plays into um, how I put my days together. You know, if it ends up that for whatever reason there are a significant number of, um, you know, attractions, uh, you know, maybe the shows with, you know, big theaters and that kind of stuff um, aren't available right off the bat, then, then you know, maybe, maybe that means I don't need to spend a full day at Hollywood Studios. Maybe it's only half a day or, you know, those kinds of things. So, um, but I will, I'll, I'll keep up on all of that. And, um, you know, I spend enough time on Twitter and Disney websites and what have you that finding that stuff out isn't a problem. Uh, but it is, it's, it's good just to keep up on it, especially as the, the, um, vacation gets a little bit closer. Um, so 180 days dining reservations, 60 days fast. So fast passes are a little bit different. Um, fast passes, um, Fast passes are tough. I uh, I have a tendency to kind of go through at the 60-day mark and make a, 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 a round of fast pass reservations um, based on what's in my spreadsheet, what are what my days look like. I'll go ahead and, and try to do my best at, at, at putting fast passes together. Um, I always do my three fast passes um, in the mornings. Uh, moving forward, who knows if the, if fast passes are even going to be a thing uh, when the parks open back up and you know into into next fall. Um, but right now they are, and so you know I'll go ahead and make my reservations for those. I try to get them all done before noon um, so that you can go back in after you use your first three. Right then you can go ahead um, and make uh, other fast pass reservations as quickly as you can use them. Uh, really. And so um, that way I can get my three out of the way in the morning, use those, and then I can make uh, a, a fast pass reservation for the park that I'm going to go to in the afternoon or evening. So at least I'll have something to, to start off with over there, wherever there is. Um, I have a tendency to change fast pass reservations a lot. Um, I'll, I'll do my first, my first round, like I said, at 60 days. Uh, based on what I think I want, and then it's it's almost inevitable that at some point I'll go back and say, okay, you know what, I really don't want to spend you know three mornings at Magic Kingdom, you know, if that's what I had, um, and so I'll go in and I'll I'll move things around and change them. So, uh, yeah, but but I do, you know, it is important um, to you know to go in and get those the first round anyway at sixty days, um, yeah. So let's, um, the last thing we're going to talk about here is a little bit about prioritizing. So we're going to talk about prioritizing dining reservations and fast pass reservations, at least the way I think about it. So when it comes to prioritizing, I, you know, you really have to, um, you have to, you have to, I don't know, it's all about you, right? <laughs> Especially on a solo trip. You know, that's the nice thing about, about traveling by yourself. You know, when, when you talk about prioritizing restaurants or prioritizing fast passes, um, it's all about you, right? You don't have to take other people or, um, you know, that sort of thing into, into account. Uh, it's all about whatever your priority is for that trip, whatever you want to accomplish on that trip, um, that's what's going to guide the, the reservations that you make. 
So the the way that I do that typically is I will, um, I'll prioritize, well, dining I've already kind of talked about, right? Um, that there are those kind of four or five that I, um, that I, that I like going to, uh, that are my go-to places beyond those, especially on the trip coming up because it's a little bit longer. Um, I'll probably prioritize, uh, reservations for maybe some places that I've wanted to go, but, um, haven't been able to because it's tough to get a table, um, you know, on the day of or a few days ahead of time. Because often what happens is I'll get down there and, you know, I'll have my, my three or four, uh, reservations, but then I'll think, oh, it'd be kind of fun to go to, you know, wherever, but you, you can't get a reservation um, because it's it's that close. Uh, it doesn't happen a lot. I'm pretty good at being able, especially as a solo traveler, being able to get um, a last minute reservation is usually not impossible, but sometimes it is. And so um, I'll probably kind of go through and prioritize those places that, um, you know, that, that I, I just haven't gone to, but kind of want to. Um, for lack a better, you know, lack of a better way of saying it. As far as fast passes go, though, um, prioritizing fast passes, um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of two two things, right? You want to prioritize the attractions that you that you like, obviously, um, but you also want to prioritize the attractions that you need a fast pass for. So they may not be your favorite, but if it's something that you want to do. Um, and you're going to need a fast pass, then you're going to have to make that a priority. So for example, um, I, I do not love Slinky Dog Dash. It's okay. It's fun. I like it. Um, and not something I do every time necessarily. Uh, but I, I do I do like doing it. Um, and, and I think tiers have changed over there at, at Hollywood Studios, so it's a little bit different. But I don't love Hol- um, uh, Slinky Dog Dash, but it's something that I want to do, and so I have to use a fast pass on it. Um, it's you know, it's just one of those things, right? Um, uh, um, let's see, uh, Toy Story Mania, uh, kind of the same way, right? Um, I like it. Uh, is it something I have to do every time? No, not necessarily. But I know that if I want to do it, I kind of sort of need a fast pass. So, um, and I, because I don't like lines. You're thinking, well, just get in the standby line, Eric. I don't like lines. Um, and so those kinds of attractions that typically have long waits um, and are things that you think you might want to do, you better put those toward the top of your list and make sure you have a fast pass for it. Um, and then there are also those that you really, really want to do, right? Um, they may not necessarily require a fast pass. Their standby line might actually be fairly short sometimes, um, but you just want to make sure that you get to do it. Uh, case in point, uh, let's see here, full disclosure, um, what's one that I would consider along those lines? Uh, living with the land. One of, if not the top attraction for me. I, I don't know why. There's a lot of nostalgia there. Um, I, I, I just I love the it's the, the boat ride in the land, um, if you're not familiar at Epcot. Uh, I just I love it. And so I always I always make sure that I have a fast pass for it. Same thing for Spaceship Earth, right? Certain times of the day you could probably walk on to both of those if you hit it right. Um, but because it's something that I want to make sure I do and I want to make sure is on my schedule, uh, I'll use a fast pass for it. Now, the nice thing at Epcot is that you have the, the, the tier one, 
which is like the hard to get things like Soren, Test Track, um, Frozen Ever After. Everything else is tier two, and so it really doesn't matter outside of those three attractions what you what you do. Um, and so it's kind of nice. I don't feel a lot of pressure to to use those second tier things for other things. So um, usually my usually my my tier two options at Epcot are the land and spaceship Earth. Although spaceship Earth may not be open this fall, so who knows? Um, yeah. So when it comes to prioritizing reservations, whether it's a dining reservation, um, a fast pass reservation, or any other kind of reservation, honestly, if you're, you're doing a tour or, um, you know, some kind of um, special event or something like that, um, you know, you, you have to you have to put that into your schedule and you have to make that a priority and, and you just have to kind of build things around it if it's something that you really want to do uh, or sort of kind of want to do but know that you're going to need a, a reservation for it. Um the, the, the one more thing that I'll mention there, um, the other uh, thing to keep in mind there, especially with dining, is you know a lot of signature um, restaurant um, experiences. So um, I guess the one that I'm thinking of is uh, like a chef's table, um, Victoria and Albert's, those kinds of things. Any kind of those really, really high-end signature experiences um, will obviously be something that you need to make a reservation for and you need to make it early. Um, if you want to get to do it, um, just because there's such limited space, um, you really want to make sure character dining is, is typically the same way too. uh, some experiences more than others, but, you know, especially if you want to do a chef Mickey's or a Cinderella's Royal table, um, anything like that, that, you know, is going to be a little bit popular, more popular. You want to make sure that you have a reservation for, so, um, yeah, so lots of reasons to make reservations uh, versus not, and uh, you know, just know that you're you're gonna make changes. Um, you'll you'll do what you're gonna do at 180 days and 60 days, and then, you know, I go back to my plans maybe every couple weeks, look at them, uh, think to myself, okay, is this really what I'm still feeling? Because you, as the trip gets closer. Um, you know, your, your kind of excitedness will change and you'll be maybe more excited for some of the things that you weren't so excited for when you made the reservation, uh, if that makes sense. So it's important to revisit it. It's important not to feel like you're locked into things. I, so many times I read online and discussion boards and, and Facebook and wherever, you know, that they, um, people, um, people make these reservations at 180 days and 60 days and, and they feel like they're locked in, right? That, oh my gosh, I, this is my only chance to make this reservation. And so I have to get it all right. And, you know, they have every meal planned out and uh, in a reservation for all of them. And, oh my gosh, it's just, it's exhausting. It has to be exhausting for them. But it's just not, it's not necessary. Um, like I said, you know, you have to prioritize. And yeah, if there are things that you really want to do, then sure. Um, you got to make sure you get up at 6 or 7 a.m. or whatever time it is on the 180-day mark and make that reservation. But my gosh, you certainly don't need to plan out every meal of your trip um, and feel like it's, you know, you have one chance to do it. Because chances are what's available at 180 days is also going to be available at 179 days in most of the, the restaurants. Um, so, you know, don't, don't feel like you, you can't go back and revisit things. So, um, I think that's where we'll end for, um, for this, actually this episode and this series. 
Um, I will, throughout the next few months, uh, keep updating you in various ways. And we might come back and do a shorter series on kind of, uh, you know, my revisiting my plans um, sometime over the summer once I've, um, you know, got some things in order and we kind of start to see what park reopenings are going to look like and, and what the plan is. Uh, moving forward down there and um, let things let things settle down a little bit and then uh, maybe make some more firm more firm plans so I will certainly keep you in the loop and uh, let you know what what I end up doing but I hope the series has been helpful if you um, just caught this uh, episode and haven't gone back to the other ones um, please do that I think the I think the first four have been have been really um, well received uh, I've got, had a lot of listeners here over the last few weeks, and maybe it's just because nobody else has anything to do. I don't know, uh, but uh, I'm I'm hopeful that this series has been um, has been useful, and uh, you know maybe there have been a few things that I mentioned that you um, that you've been able to use in your own planning. So, uh, with that, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up. Um, please remember to visit Parks Magic for One and subscribe to the Parks Magic for One podcast wherever you listen. That might be at Anchor FM, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Thank you so much for listening today. Our next podcast will air this coming Thursday. This is Eric Hall. Take care, friends, and go make some magic for yourself.